does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Joining us now on the program, he was the second overall selection in the 1988 NBA draft. We will not tell him about the fact that going into that draft, I think it was Mookie Blaylock that I was hoping for, but all turned out well because by 1998, he was an all-star center for the Indiana Pacers and one of the most popular players in franchise history. Rick Smits joins us on the program. Rick, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be uh, talking to you guys. All right, let's begin with this. You are currently, and I know that you kind of split time. I knew you were living in Indianapolis for a while and then moved to Arizona. So I'm assuming that Arizona is where you are, and then you will be here for the All-Star Weekend, correct? Yes. Yeah, I uh, spent the, uh, the winter in Arizona, and uh, I'll be flying out there uh, tomorrow evening. Spent some good time in Indiana. Okay, so let's go back to, before we kind of look back at your career and just the fun and how much you, you keep track of the Pacers today, you know, being an all-star, I mean, this being all-star weekend and being in Indianapolis, when you were an all-star and you were playing in the all-star game, what memories do you have of it, or was it kind of a whirlwind altogether? Yeah, it pretty much was. Uh, I definitely wasn't expecting to be an all-star that year, but uh, you know, the coaches picked me, so that was uh, you know it was a nice honor, of course. But yeah, it was it was a whirlwind uh, weekend for sure. But uh, looking back, man, uh, I'm glad I got to be a part of it. Uh, it was a heck of an experience, and uh, man, we, you know we had a heck of a team back then too. Uh, not only the Pacers, but uh, the all-star team was was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Definitely a good memory that I'll never forget. You know, I think that we, Rick, think so much about, you know, as fans, right? Like the Pacers-Knicks rivalry, the Pacers-Bulls rivalry, obviously, in 98. But then in an all-star game like that, you kind of get a chance to intermix and talk to other guys. You know, did it kind of take away – I'm not going to say take away from the rivalry a little bit, but, like, did you enjoy the camaraderie that came with being with guys that you otherwise were wanting to beat whenever you played them? Yeah, I did. You know, everybody uh, seemed to let, just let things go uh, you know, for that weekend. Uh, I don't recall there was any Knicks on the team. I don't believe there were, which was probably good. But, uh, you, know, you know, Jordan was on the team. You know, he was he was really cool. Uh, all the other guys were really cool. You know, everybody was just glad to be there, and everybody was there to have a good time. Rick, I realize it's probably impossible to encapsulate a favorite play from your career, but when I found out we were having your on, having you on, I was only three when you were an All-Star, but I've rewatched the clip countless times Jordan finds you running down the lane you go behind the back to Jason Williams and he throws it down that has to be at least in terms of all-star game and your career probably one of the more exciting like connections and plays to have is that up there for you on your list of oh, plays in your career yeah for sure yeah for sure uh you know that's <laughs> that's one of the plays everybody remembers me by uh you know, along with the uh, the game winner against Orlando uh, those are probably the two, you know, my two best plays, most memorable plays that I've had. What did it mean to be an All Star with Reggie Miller? Oh, that was great. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I, along with the coaching staff, you know, Larry Bird, Dick Carter, uh, Carlisle was there. You know, it was just a great experience. 
uh, Reggie, you know, he had done it a bunch of times. So I, you know, I asked him about it beforehand, you know, what to expect and all that. So uh, I was nervous. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm kind of a shy guy, laid back. So I didn't know what to expect, you know, all this hype and stuff. But, uh, you know, Reggie uh, made me feel good about things that were uh, ahead of me. And uh, and he, uh, he definitely helped me out. Rick, I want to go back to, because you made mention of it there, Rick Smits is our guest. I have always felt like one of the most underrated plays in Pacer history is the following, and I want you to tell me if this is me romanticizing or giving too much credit to a play. When you mentioned the play against the Magic, and I remember it well, Penny Hardaway hits a shot. I mean, there was there were like three game-winning shots in the span of like 45 seconds, and you ultimately end that game with that shot. I always felt like the most underappreciated aspect of that, aside from your move on Tree Rollins in hitting that shot, was a perfect inbound pass from Derek McKee. Now, have you ever actually said to Derek McKee, that was the perfect inbound pass, or were you going to hit it regardless of where the pass was? Well, Derek was a guy that, that did a lot of things that uh, you know people might not have noticed, and that was definitely one of the things. Uh, you know, great pass. You know, of course, he was known for his defensive abilities, and it's just a lot of underappreciated stuff that he did really well. And that was definitely one of the things he did while I was passing. You know, and I appreciate that he did that game. When you came into the league, Rick, you know, out of Marist, I, I think the one clip they had on draft night was the play from Coming to America of you dunking, right? So you're out of yeah. a small school. You're the number two pick in the draft, and then you you have to play early because Steve Stepanovich gets hurt, and you, and you're forced in as a rookie, and you make all rookie first year. But how far into your career was it before you felt like the NBA game really was coming naturally to you, as opposed to having to kind of think your way through plays, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, it definitely took me a while to get adjusted. You know, from coming from a small school, are you? You know, when you play a team, you might see one good player on the team. You're now being in the NBA where there's five good players. I mean, there's a good player at every position. You know, and that, that, that took some adjusting. Uh, and I probably didn't really start feeling real comfortable till Larry Brown came around. You know, he uh, he really helped us as a team, but also me individually. You know, he gave me a lot of confidence. And, uh, you know, that, that really helped me. You know, I really appreciate that. Uh, uh, that from him because other coaches, you know, their attitudes might have been a little different. You know, Larry definitely knew what he was doing, and it uh, it helped me out big time. Which team that you were on did you, Rick Smits, feel was the best? Wow, uh, I can't really remember the years. Of course, all, all, all three teams of with Larry Bird of my last three years, ninety seven through two thousand, were, were pretty dang good. But we've had some real good teams with Larry Brown as well. Um, maybe even better than those last three years. Um, but I don't remember. I don't recall which year that was. The team, yeah. I think people here would say, and you tell me if this if if this jives with what like you would retroactively think, that 98 team that went seven games against the Bulls and then Scottie Pippen was allowed to commit 64 finals, uh, 64 fouls in Game Seven of that of that game. But but to me, that '98 team against Jordan's Bulls, which was probably the best Bulls team as well, that to me was the best of the Pacers era of the '90s. Yeah, well, was that the year that we beat the Bulls in the regular season, like three or four times or something? Correct. As a matter of fact, I think yeah. the Bulls team that won 72 games in '96. 
six or seven you guys split with. Yeah, so okay. you know that group obviously with Jordan's Bulls was right there with them. But Pacers Knicks was pretty special too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as I said, that was that was several years, and I don't mix, exactly remember what what years they were. But that we uh, that I felt like you know we should have won a championship. We should have gone a little further than we did. Which player, Rick Smits, that you played against gave you most fits? What what player, when you look back on your career, the center that you remember being, I guess, getting the most challenge from would have been who? Uh, I always struggled to get the Kim Olajuwon. And in, in my in my earlier years, he was just so agile, so quick, and you know he wasn't as big as me. He was he was almost like a you know forward. Uh, yeah, he just uh, man, he he got me every time. You know, he, he was just too fast for me to handle. In the later years, we actually put Dale Davis or Antonio Davis on him, you know, and I would guard their four guy. But uh, early on, I uh, you know when I had to guard him, I really struggled against him. Pacers legend Rick Smith is our guest. Rick, as Pacers know, you're the dunking Dutchman for a reason. Is there a favorite poster or dunk that you had in your career that stands out among the rest? Anytime I dunked on Patrick Ewing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's true. Every Pacer fan would say that, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that's really not, uh, not one that stands out. But, uh, no, I, I really enjoyed uh, against the Knicks, against Ewing. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So. Rick Smith is our guest. Rick, how old were you when you really first started competitively playing basketball? Uh, I believe I was 14. And started at a club club team level you know over there in the netherlands we, we don't play basketball at school it's all you know private clubs and i started at 14 now the your home city if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm, I'm probably going to say it wrong eindhoven did i say that correct yeah that's good okay yeah. so you grow up there and you start playing basketball what was the opportunity that led you to marist did you have multiple offers or was there like a dutch connection that led you to marist I did not. I uh, I had a buddy that came back, had played at a junior college somewhere, and he was telling me how great it was in the United States, how much fun it was. So I started looking around, doing some research, and I, I got a hold of a few junior colleges. I got an offer from a junior college to come play in, in Wharton, Texas. And then at the same time, I, I just made the Dutch national team, the, the junior national team, and we played against Hofstra University, uh, which was Division One school, and I did really well. I told myself, man, I can compete at the Division One level. You know, why should I go to a junior college? So I kind of kept looking a little further, and right along that time, there was a, a coach that uh, just, just got the job at Marist. He was looking in Europe for players to recruit. And somebody heard about that and told me about it. And this coach was coming to a game in a town uh, about 30, 35 miles from me. So I said, all right, let me see. I'll go to that game too. Maybe I can introduce myself to that coach. And I did. And he, he saw me and pretty much offered me a scholarship without ever seeing me play. And that was the coach at Marist at the time. So that's how I ended up at Marist. Now, when you were playing Rick Smith's Our Guest, when the Pacers and Knicks were going through their thing, I was in college. I was interning in New York City for those Pacers-Knicks playoffs games in 94. 
And my the guy that I interned for, I was an intern at MTV Networks, and the guy that I interned for, his name was Rick Hankey. He was a producer there. And, uh, I know, Rick. Yeah, and he said, oh, yeah, Rick Smits, was, uh, he lived on my dorm floor freshman year, and we taught him English by giving him a bunch of R-rated movies, and then he could only swear in English. Now, is that true? <laughs> well, that's, that's definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Rick Hankey will tell you. No, that's not true. <laughs> but I know, I know Rick pretty good. He, uh, he, him and his, uh, my roommate was good friends with Rick. They were both on the, on the track team. So Rick was always over, but he, yeah, he's a good guy. But that definitely wasn't true. <laughs> so Rick, take me through the process of when you know Donnie Walsh is sitting with the second pick in the '88 draft, and you know Danny Manning was kind of the prize of that draft, and and at number two, quite frankly, probably because of the fact that you're out of a small school in Maris, there was surprise that you went second overall. When did you know that you were going to be in the mix for Indiana? And what was the process of getting to know Donnie and just getting to know what the expectation was going to be for you? Well, uh, obviously, I met Donnie you know, before the draft. I, I visited, uh, I think, with three or four teams. I visited the Clippers, Philadelphia, and the Pacers. Uh, so I got to know Donnie pretty good beforehand, and he, uh, from what I recall, he pretty much promised me if you know, if I was available at the second pick, which you know most likely it was going to be, he would pick me. So even though he he had said that, I still had my doubts because, as I said earlier, you know, I'm not a very, I was a shy, not so confident guy. So I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to pick me second. But uh, fortunately, they did, and I'm glad they did. Uh, yeah, and after that. Uh, you know, Donnie was always there for us, training camp early in the season, and uh, you know things went well from there on. Rick, do you still follow college basketball as it stands? The reason I ask is I had a question for you about Zach Eady over at Purdue. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I've seen Purdue play a couple times. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't follow it. I don't watch games every day but every now and then i'll uh, turn on tv and watch i watch some college ball well even though he hit a three-pointer for the first time in his career the other day against indiana he is viewed as an old school style big kind of like you were when you look at today's nba how much work do big men like yourself need to put in if they don't have the ability to play outside yeah i mean they've, they've, they've got to be uh uh you know, they got to be high proficient, you know, high proficient scorer down low, uh, you know, compared to these guys these days that, that are just all over the court. You know, you really got to be amazing from just down low if that's if that's your game. You know. You know, when I look at Rick, your game, there's part of me that thinks to myself at seven foot four that you actually probably, if you look at centers of your era, Rick Smith. I mean, yourself, Patrick Ewing, you know, Elijah Wan's special because of the footwork, right? But, but you know, Tree Rollins is another name that I'll throw in there. I feel like you would have had the best chance of those guys to play in today's era because you did have step back and unique passing ability, but also you know, touch from 15 feet that, that that was rare back then. Do you feel like your game would have translated to 2024? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I always think that. Uh, you know, I, I never practiced my three-pointers back then. You know, I just shot, as you said, the 15-footer, which kind of came natural. But, you know, hey, if I was allowed to shoot a three-pointer, I would have been practicing three-pointers. And, you know, and I would have had a high percentage. I'm, I'm pretty sure I could have. 
that's a good point, and, that, and a lot of people bring that up. And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a compliment to hear that when they when they say that. My youth fit right in in today's centers. And I think they're right. Pacers great Rick Smith is our guest. Rick, is the motorcycle collection still going strong? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a hundred plus, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's going strong. Now that that goes from collection to uh, like obsession, right? When you when you're talking a hundred plus, <laughs> yeah, you could call it that. But when did that yeah, begin? You, a, you've always been kind of a gearhead, right? Yes, yeah. I got my first uh, little fifty cc motorcycle when I was seven years old, so way before I started playing basketball. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's always been a hobby. It's always something I enjoyed, and it's it's uh, still something I'm doing today. Did the Pacers have any sort of stipulation or restriction on you like riding around on dirt bikes in the off season when you were playing or did you just not tell them about it well uh yeah every uh, every contact back then had a uh, stipulation where you couldn't have any fun outside of basketball <laughs> yeah. no no skydiving uh no dirt bike uh, no car racing n- none of that so, of course i did still every once in a while secretly the uh, secretly did it but uh it was kind of hard to hide. I, I remember early on, I had some property in Zionsville. I bought 45 acres, and I was riding my dirt bike around on it. And the next day, Donnie Walls calls me in and says, Hey, Rick, what is this I hear about you riding your dirt bike? How the heck does he know? <laughs> so it turned out that one of my neighbors was good friends with uh, the Simons. <laughs> they saw me on a dirt bike, and they called the Simons, and uh, but hey, you won't believe what Rick Smith is doing here on this property. Maybe they thought it was just some other seven foot four guy that lived in Boone <laughs> County, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. pretty obvious, right? Um, yeah. So, Indianapolis would have been the perfect place, I would think, though, right? Because between, and not just the Indy 500, but it seems to me like the U.S. Nationals or NHRA, and then, you know, obviously in later years, the MotoGP coming here, like there would have been a lot to wet your whistle, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed Indianapolis all those years. This, uh, you know, I, I was into old cars, and there was always kind of a shows and swap meets in the area. Yeah, it was definitely a, a good place to be all those years. Rick Smits is our guest, of course, an all-star himself. You will be in Indianapolis for the all-star game. What sort of festivities do you have planned, or is it just kind of visiting people and catching up? Uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've got me doing a few things here and there. Um well, I got a full agenda pretty much, but uh, in between, I'll catch up with old friends. Uh, you know, my daughter's still in town, so I'll be staying there visiting with her. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be all over town and and enjoying good old Indy. Who are the three teammates that you maybe haven't talked to or seen in a while? That if 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 uh, let's say they have a pay, and I think they do have like a dinner for Pacer alumni for the All Star Weekend. But who are the three guys that you would most look forward to catching up with aside from the obvious of you know reggie miller or dale davis yeah well i've, I've seen reggie a few times i've seen dale a few times i haven't seen antonio in a while um i haven't seen lasalle thompson in a while Vern fleming i haven't seen him in a while so i hope to be talking to those guys i'll tell you what rick there are so many great memories um i mean i don't know whether or not I think one of the great marks of a player is the fact that 
not only did he make mullets cool, but he made bald cool too. Like if you were able to do both that in one career, that's pretty legendary, right? <laughs> yeah, don't even bring up that uh, that bald uh, game, but man, like my hair never grew back the same after that. <laughs> the things you do for teammates, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Rick, I'll tell you what, it's been a lot of fun catching up with you. Uh, we certainly wish you, you know, the best. Enjoy Indianapolis while you are here, and it's always good to see you at games as well when you're out and about your family favorite for certain and for good reason uh, but enjoy the all-star game and enjoy being able to tell people that not only were you the seven four dirt biker from boone county but also an nba all-star as well yeah thank you guys it was good talking to you